Hello and welcome to Campaign Comrades, your favorite leftist gaming podcast. I'm your host, Ben, and with me as always are my co-hosts. I'm Mike. Going on, it's Matt. What up, it's Andrew. How we doing, boys? We're we're recording early today. How how's everybody feeling? You know, I'm pretty, I slept pretty good. I pretty slept sweaty. like a champion last night. So, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. We we had a late night uh doing some some hardcore real gaming hours. Uh testing out the new uh the new mario kart dlc tracks yeah matt matt was like i think probably the reigning champion of last night i think you had more yeah. wins than i did by a narrow margin yeah we, we we were consistently finishing one and two throughout courses yeah and i was yeah. just at the bottom consistently what it, yo dude yeah. this is just what happens with mario kart you get stuck in the wash and shit just goes downhill fast absolutely yeah. well, and my girlfriend was kicking my ass Say so things are are flying fast and loose, and you know, like it's it's mayhem, it's utter mayhem up there or back there. You just got hit by three red shells, a person with an invincibility star, and a bullet bill. Yeah, you went from third to twelfth. Yeah, literally, that happened like four times to me. I was just battling back to third repeatedly. I would get to third and then get taken out, and then get back to third. I got hit by a shell at the finish line and went from fourth <laughs> to like tenth. I had, that's the best. I gotta, gotta say, love man, that. So, sometimes it's it's uh you know it's it's uh, a little boring the being lost the momentum king, being being the king you know i got i got, I got no no real challengers but yeah <laughs> it's, Matt, Matt, it's boring at the top yeah absolutely just getting banana peels and and coins from the Points. boxes and that and that's it uh yeah no no real competition unless some some coward throws a blue shell at me <laughs> the ai decides to get good yeah, i mean yeah fuck, fuck, fuck toadette Toadette nerf coming when uh we've we've said it before we'll say it again she's op Toadette sucks but yeah matt, matt proved himself worthy by not using split joy con by actually using a, a <laughs> real a real controller oh we forgot to add like we were asking but i don't think you heard us uh on stream mike like we were looking through like the the tournament results you had like the little wheel thing next to you were you playing with tilt controls no i i think i like got cut out when i answered last night but at one point i was just so doing so poorly i was just like fuck it and it was just let's, let's move the tilt controls just like see what happens like you know it's not gonna hurt what controller were you using that was on the the pro and then when yeah, you, can, uh, you can use tilt controls on the pro controller yeah and then yeah, when i was playing on the pikachu wired controller it does not have that feature didn't i think didn't the the wii mario kart come with the steering wheel or like one yeah. of them yeah i don't remember i don't remember buying they, it they sell a steering wheel it. attachment for the joy con right yeah yeah that's lame it should come Give it to us like they do with with like they did with switch sports you got yeah. the, the leg strap i mean the and wii like, was all about the the, uh, the attachments for the wiimote yeah i remember right. having i think we got like whichever random call of duty got ported to the wii yeah there was a gun warfare or maybe we modern warfare the, too the wiimote into the front and the nunchuck in the back yep. and it was a fucking yep. gun <laughs> I never had that one. I thought it was cool because I mean, I was I was never a you know a shooter player, and if I was, I wasn't playing it on the Wii. Yeah, how I dare you? Was, I still thought it was the, cool. the Wii was the greatest console ever released. Oh, I mean, dude, I love really I love my Wii. I remember I remember when I when I ordered mine, it was like uh, the shipping got like delayed or something. It like didn't come to my house. It got like sent like uh, uh, back to the warehouse for me to come pick up in person, and I was like 
and I like I made my mom drive me to to the place at like uh you know six at at night just before the place you know uh shut down I was like no I gotta get I gotta get my 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 Wii as soon as possible like you know as yeah. I possibly can like you know at this point I had been kind of a little late to the game it's like you know I never had a uh Nintendo console before and like the motion controls were so novel and I think at that point Andrew probably already had it and you know like I was like in love with with Wii tennis yeah. At that point, so I was like, "No, I got. I remember. I got to get it. I got to get it. I'm Jonesing." Shout out, moms. Yeah, moms everywhere. Yeah. For, yeah. This, this was for... that fun. This was in the before before times, where just uh, mobbing a store for a midnight launch was a real thing. <laughs> yeah, and like I remember the Wii launch where there were stories of people like trampling people in the malls, oh, yeah. running through to get to like the Best Buy right as it opened. And... That the Wii came out at the height of like Black Friday hysteria. Oh before yeah. Before there yeah. was like a lot of online shopping for it, so like my mom was going at, to Black and, and Friday. And before stores and... started to realize that the Black Friday mania might not always be worth it, as your employees yeah. are being run over by a. Oh, yeah. My mom was there throwing elbows at like four in the morning, getting in line. For <laughs> like to imagine that like some executive finally went to a store at two in the morning on black friday and saw what was happening was just like oh my god what are we doing it's like no he didn't care about the employees just further further increased his disdain for the peasantry of all all classes he's watching them stab each other over a cabbage patch kid it's just like good. Yeah, no, this is exactly. like yes, it's 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 thinning it's it's thinning the herd. You know, is, <laughs> is basically what uh, how they view it. Yeah, no, no, kids won't know Black Friday. Oh no, Fridays like we knew Black Fridays. Yeah, that's a loss. They, they won't know what it's like to go to a, a console midnight launch with a bunch of sweaty nerds sitting in uh, camping chairs outside a GameStop. <laughs> Been there for five days because they have nothing better to do. How dare you, sir? I mean, they do that. They do that now for trying to get their hands on a PS5. They still do that now. I mean, except all those people are lining up for NFTs. Rarely, except all those people are scalpers. Yeah, it's just me lining up outside for my NFT figurine. You know what? This this is you know we have eliminated some of the danger of shopping for these products, and I am against that. I think. Yeah, you need some excitement when you're getting it. Survival of the fittest. Only, only the strongest are able to play, uh, you know, the the current gen. For real. Yeah, you you could be, you know, a happy child holding the console, walking to the front line. An old, an elderly, middle aged <laughs> man just walks up and hits you with the arm bar across the neck, gives you the clothesline, takes the console out of your arms. It's a tough yeah, choice. Just, just out of nowhere. Oh it, no! Is it the cold? It's the stone cold stunner. Oh my God! It's John Cena <laughs> in a Target. But yeah, so what, what were our thoughts about the tracks? About the new tracks? I thought they were all pretty fun. Uh, I mean, was it Calamari Desert? Was probably my favorite. That was a good one. the The brand new one, the the Sunday one, was yep. was mayhem. Yeah, yeah. I kind of enjoyed it though. No, it was fun. Yeah, but man, I, Wal- Waluigi Pinball for me was yeah. Wal- uh, oh, I mean, you're right. Waluigi Pinball might have been the best of them all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Actually, if you could get that run down the middle there, where you didn't right, hit any the of bumpers, the balls with, with the, the bumpers. bumpers. Yeah, yeah. Pull, pull a drift around the final bumper to get a boost out of it. Oof, oof. And so you don't get you don't get fucking paddled. That was so fun. It's just cruising through the middle to see one of you guys just get uh, owned by one of the paddles <laughs> and get stuck there. So you just you, get, you, you and just I were neck and neck for and first again. at that point, yeah, and yeah, I got yeah. paddled. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I, I bodied you into into the corner, and it's just like you know, yeah, eat that paddle. Uh, but yeah, I, Waluigi pinball the, the raw sexuality of anything Waluigi, you know, definitely elevates it above above and beyond anything else. We I all can't know wait this. till we get a Waluigi game. Like, it's gonna have to be a VR game. Nope. It's gonna you're have never, to hold on. This is never this my one. my Waluigi a game. dating a dating yes. sim Waluigi. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Waluigi's at the bar. He's doing like a meet cute type <laughs> thing, like. He's just. It's, it's, he's a, it's a, a will never come give on. Us it's a, a no, game. It's a pickup artist rule. game. Yeah, yeah, no, you exactly. have to beg. Yeah. You have to neck. No, he's just at the bar cruising. You know, he's he's looking he's to pick Barney up the check. He's, he's just got being a playbook. Sly. Absolutely. There's, each there's successful a, play unlocks a new play in the playbook for you to pull off. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a trophy for offending a woman as much as you possibly can. Yeah. In a getting slapped <laughs> is like a platinum trophy. Like each type there of drink platinum you get trophies are reserved face. for beating all of the trophies. Man, I, like that that's one that would actually get me to, to uh, you know buy a VR headset. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. And like you look in the mirror and you just see your Waluigi. He just he just winks at you and you know twirls the mustache. Yeah, fan absolutely fantastic. It, it'd be great. Just wearing oh, a dapper purple suit. You need to get your you need to get a copy of Mario Strikers because they all every character has their own like special mm-hmm. animation of stuff. Like one when they do their 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 hyper strike, but it's also whenever they score a goal, they do this this crazy celebration. Man, Wal- Waluigi's is way, way too powerful. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's uh, it makes you feel things. Uh, Does the it Wario just, like, automatically Wario's, breed you? Wario's, yeah, Wario Wario. ones. Wario's is great though. He just eats a whole clove of garlic and then kills somebody with garlic breath. No way! That's incredible. That's so phobic, but that's yep. fantastic. That's perfect. That's the best thing I've. Oh, that made my day, week, month. He like, also his his hyper strike is he he launches his incredible dumpy. On onto uh, the ball, it just launches yeah. it into into the net. Beautiful, that's that's beautiful. That's what Italian men need. Wa- right Wario there. is a real Nintendo character with real games, and Waluigi is just a theoretical Nintendo character who appears as <laughs> as Wario's sidekick when he needs a sports <laughs> a sports double. Yeah. What was yeah, it that, like Mario Tennis Two or tennis. something? One of the tennis games was yeah his yeah. first his first introduction. Waluigi has never had his own game, and I'm at the point he will never have his own game. I mean, Nintendo let's just make knows. it. It seems like Nintendo doesn't care about that IP. I'm sure they'd license it to us. Be a pretty guess, penny. Like, but I mean, like they're they they're they're they push the boundaries with him every time. Like I remember, like we're really gonna push it. Yeah, it's like when Strikers came out, people were like, "How did like Nintendo approve this animation? Like this <laughs> this is incredible." Um, but, yeah, the, person, the person who like who drew this you know is like has a special brain and by special i mean a, a beautiful brain yeah they saw that they saw that and they were like just the right amount of horniness not like uh-huh. bayonetta where they well, ben, like, we, we we've discussed this with uh when we were watching jojo you're like how did this get out of japan with their very strict um <laughs> LGBTV, uh, LGBTQ uh, right. views. Right. I was like, you know, to say this, uh, uh, JoJo from, you know, the, the seasons until you get to Jolene, you know, are all so gay. And not, I'm not going to say that's it, obviously, absolutely not pejorative in any sense. It's, they're just really, really gay. And it's like, like the, the obsession with the male body and whatever is just so, it's big, so big, beautiful men posing yeah, it's just constantly. so blatant. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm like, sure Donald Trump would love JoJo then. 
Yeah, just big, big, beautiful men. Like I said, like the the first part one of JoJo is too is too self serious. Where after that, you really get the the understanding that the show is about doing spoofs and goofs with your sexy friends. Yeah, it's it's, bizarre adventures. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about. Um, Is is JoJo the one, Matt, where you sent that butcher shop scene? And the two the two big guys like flex on each other. Oh no, that's Full Metal Alchemist. That's Full Metal. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how real that's, men greet each other. That's General Louis Armstrong having a flex <laughs> off. Because that had some, you know, I I appreciate you, you, the you know your your uh, there. As yeah, well. you're, you're not. Uh, so you're you're easily you know easily mistaken with yeah that that is very very JoJo esque in that in mm-hmm. that scene definitely. But it's like the that. Jojo takes that to like uh, the umpteenth degree. I mean, we all we all know and understand the male form is far superior to the female form. So. <laughs> uh, bring it back to to video games, though. There's, uh, I've like I I'm constantly seeing stuff about the Jojo Fighter game. Uh, is there is it anything worth looking into no. more than that? No. No. A- anime fighting games are a dime a dozen, and they're all the same. I've heard you know. Speaking of anime fighting games, though, I've I have heard really good things about DNF Duel. Though it's like the the animation in terms of like the animation, like that they it, it truly makes makes it seem like you're just an interactive anime. Like what they're able to actually do with the you know stylistically is impressive. You see, the only one I've ever heard good things about is Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Mm, no, and that's just because the animation is really good. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's 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 what I think hits our quota for tangents of the day. Um, speaking speaking of fighting games, Activision's just fighting. Yeah, just just uh, yeah, it's, it's as if they're yeah they're in their own fighting game with uh, uh, actual humane labor laws uh, and, <laughs> and labor relations. Um, but yeah, we so we reported a few weeks back that the uh, second nascent union within Activision Blizzard is, uh, you know well on its way they've you know made their public announcement that they are seeking recognition um and so this one was at uh, a blizzard studio in albany is the one that was formerly vicarious visions the studio behind the tony hawk pro skater games yeah r.i.p vicarious visions yeah yeah um so so yeah that we reported that they you know they made their announcement a few weeks a few weeks back but then this week they put out a uh a tweet thread basically you know just as expected it's no surprise to us here on the pod we said when we reported on it that you know there's there's almost no way that uh activision would take the you know the easy pr win and voluntarily recognize it like you know seeing the you know the the groundswell support that uh you know raven had you know that would be an easy win for them to to just you know support this but of course they're taking the exact same tactic and doing the exact same uh you we know, are anti, following the law as it is written. Yeah, they have no incentive to to go the way of Raven. You know, they have the money to keep fighting it. There, there there's no need for them. You know, and like Matt said, they're following the law how it is. But hey, like I, I don't, I don't necessarily see that see that playing out because as the as this tweet thread said, it's like the you know it's it's it feels weird to you know praise the likes of Microsoft, but it's like. Activision is not even doing what Microsoft done has done and agreed to, you know, a labor neutrality agreement, you know, not even not even going that far. Where I say like Microsoft has more money than God and you know they they obviously would have the the means to 
to fight any type of union activity, but they realize that it's easy PR victories, you know, that it's, that it's, it will redound yeah. on them financially to su- be supportive of it. Well, see, you know, my point is that like, yes, the, that's a business decision by Microsoft to decide that that's a PR right. victory for them and that they're, you know, not going to lose money or they might, you know, see a rise in their profits because of the good PR, but that's like a, intangible incentive that you have to like have the right people making that business judgment to do that. Sure. Like, and obviously Activision doesn't, there's nothing, you know, truly incentivizing them to do it. Nothing kind of forcing their hand. It's, you know, like everything in America, like up to individual people to make the choice to like be nice and play nice sure. so that we could get nice things, you know? So I, until there's like some teeth behind like a labor movement or some like enforcement of some of the, you know, the bad uh, anti-union tactics that we've seen, there's not going to be that type of incentive. And we're going to continue to just be relying on the goodwill of individual like executives to make these business decisions that are, you know, in their favor in the long run and also in ours. I think the good thing about it, about maybe one good thing from Microsoft purchasing Activision here is that they'll, institute their kind of policy once that happens in regards to unions which yeah although isn't perfect is better than what activision's doing um but mike i think you 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 make a good point about you know say like the toolessness of even our you know uh you know the say administrative capabilities within our you know our larger uh or uh regulatory that is yeah. uh agencies it's because like their practice, the practices that uh, Activision undertook against Raven, the you know the NLRB um, was basically has called on and said, yeah, you did illegal union busting, mm-hmm. um, like, and I think there there is potential uh, legal action being taken that's in its infancy. I don't think it's it's uh, it's gone anywhere yet, which is what allows them to yeah again exactly. like they, they're continuing the same exact process. Yeah. Like they hired the exact same firm again, this Reed Smith firm, an organization that offers quote unquote union avoidance <laughs> services. Yeah, I applied for a job there uh, as a, a summer uh, associate because I wanted the nice. money and I didn't make it apparently or obviously, and will be yeah, uh, inf- be a lowly tenant attorney. To infiltrate yeah he's actually just covering his own tracks he's fo- working there full-time taking all of our statements so holding oh, them I against fucking us. Wish. yeah i'd be B- building a digital archive right out of fucking law school with you know <laughs> potential for like half that and a bonus it'd be fucking awesome i'd have no debt but here i am trying to well that's not entirely but... true because your soul would be in debt <laughs> that would weigh heavier than the financial debt that i have for sure that, that's the, that's the real balance that you have yeah. to craft especially now in the the industry you're in it's yeah, like do i take the money and hate there. myself yeah do i want to work and you know get a salary of three hundred thousand, but work they, for like they just 40 snap hours their fingers and finger gun you and like do you want to go uh do some anti-union work and you're yeah. like well i guess work 100 hours for 40 dollars an hour um, but seeing like the the reaction of like Activision spokespeople and whatnot is like you know doing literal brain damage to me. Like it's again the exact same line. The only difference here were, are the number of people and therefore the percentage points. Like that's the it. Like in this case, it's saying it's being made by fewer than fifteen percent rather than fewer than ten percent in the case of Raven. But you know, so they're they're doing the whole the whole thing of like uh, 
we think it's you know unreasonable that you know that said so their quote here was given the significant impact this change could have for roughly 150 people in Albany we believe every employee in Albany who works on Diablo should have a direct say in this decision so it's like their whole thing is trying to expand the vote outside of the the actual organizing block to you know in a what is to us transparent bid to dilute support yep. but to them and it's we like, saw it's them all, do that previously yeah it's all couched in the it's like you know we want this to be you know as this process to be as quote democratic. Unquote, democratic as possible you know to everybody have a say it's not fair but they're not saying who it's not fair they're they're, they're completely you know uh well it's not fair to those other employees that to. really don't want a union yeah. But it's, it doesn't affect them. It doesn't yeah. affect those people. They're not in this. They're not in like, you know, the, the same position. You know, it's it's well, but there was not, it's not demanding them to make uh, it's not going to demand them to like say to, you know, this is also, you know, a bullshit argument, but it's not like they're having to pay union dues. Right. No, but it doesn't change anything. For but what they're trying to do is something that we looked at. Um, I can't remember which of the many like union busting. It might have been Raven. I think it was Raven. Where they were trying to, I think that's where they ended up putting the the, uh, the QA testers, yeah, the embedding them. Yeah. And like this is same type type of tactic of like right. dilution of um, because there's under a Trump uh, NLRB ruling um, in which like you had to have like substantially different roles in order to like exclude people from the union. So once you start like commingling roles like that. Um, it becomes harder it becomes harder and so that's what they're doing here but so one thing i just want to point out and because we were discussing consultants and like the consultant griff before uh, we went live uh, or we started recording and this is just another perfect example of it like attorneys are the ultimate consultants and like the ultimate consultant griff that just leech off capital and what they're doing here is you know a reed smith partner is probably charging upward of two thousand dollars a fucking hour to literally copy and paste we'll, we'll actually have an associate copy and paste the same shit that they've done every single time and like you pointed out ben just change the percentage change you know a few words to make it more specific but you know billing hours and hours to do these like menial tasks that is the the same thing that they've been doing since the 20s just with like a different flair of you know of union busting tactics and you know at the this end of the of day great value to society yeah it, well and, and at the end of the day <laughs> the money spent on reed smith to literally do something that you know at this point an executive at activision could probably do because they're just again copy and pasting largely right. you know the the labor law you know the analysis of the labor law isn't going to change much um so like you're paying for the same shit and at, at that point you're just dumping thousands and probably upwards of millions of dollars uh in, into reed smith who i'm sure they probably have on retainer at this point and even when they're not using them they're just dumping money and at that point you could have given your employees you know uh, a, a raise you know you could have spread that wealth out more effectively and managed your business more effectively than having to co co uh, constantly hire out high paying or you know, high-paid consultants um, to again just do something that at this point to them is just a you know a mindless task. I think that's yeah. I think that's spot on. Yeah, they you know they the game workers Albany you know this this nascent union like made similar points. It's like they're just like Activision's just pissing away hundreds of thousands. If like will eventually probably become millions of dollars just uh, 
to you know what will hopefully be you know fighting a losing battle but it's just like what would be cool is if they were required to put all that money that they're going to pay the attorneys in escrow and then if they did lose the union bid that that all that money has to be like put towards the union rather than the attorneys like uh, <laughs> and we have we funny, have yeah. schemes like that uh throughout the law with like uh personal injury suits and things like that might as well just you know put that you see you see all like yeah all the ambulance chasers is like you don't pay a cent unless you win well yeah yeah, because that's how your case yeah side note and i'm I'm gonna be quick with this but i want this to get get out to our audience um so plaintiffs attorneys ambulance chasers are always on a contingent fee you only pay if you win so like they're always you know they're sometimes taking a loss and there's been a like systematic propaganda to make plaintiffs, attorneys, and personal injury attorneys look bad because they threaten capital. Like they are our last defense. And you know, you're advocates against these huge corporations that are like individually harming you. And you know, everyone has the stigma of ambulance chasers just because for the past 50 years, the conservative uh you know, party has just made them look like fools in the legal profession and out, you know, outside of it in order to make sure that, you know, plaintiffs, attorneys, you know, it's another way of like isolating us, you know, uh, people and, you know, our power against corporations. Um, so yeah, you can say you know, all this, but all I'm picturing are the scummy lawyer, you know, running down the highway, chasing after the ambulance. Good for him. That's he's that's doing, how I truly form my. That's how I truly form my opinions, <laughs> the things I can remember seeing on television. <laughs> you're, you're a real American, sir. Yeah, Salute yeah, you. Truly. Thank you for your service. I think, you know, I think the just to add to Mike's point about the money being spent here is this isn't cheap. And like they're spending that amount of money because they know more than that is at risk, which means the employees do stand to benefit. And like they see that they're just obfuscating it by saying they they want a democratic process. It's because they're all fucking, you know, moderate Dems in those corporations. They're learning, you know, the only way to wield power as a Democrat is to obstruct. And that's what they're doing here. Just like they did to Trump with those phony impeachment trials. <laughs> uh, Mike, have you been paying attention to any of the various antitrust things that have been? No, I've still barely around? surfaced from bar world. I'm like still in a this haze. One is- this is still under the, you know, the the Activision uh, aegis. We've talked about on recent podcasts that the the Microsoft Activision deal is looking closer and closer to being uh, done, completed. Like there, we talked about. I think this was two episodes ago before you came back. There's like there was some uncertainty as to if we've hit the the. I think it's like stage four or five in the official merger and acquisition system under the the ftc that like uh they'd gone through their initial review of information but then had you know was able to exercise their ability to ask for for a second round of information and it's like once that information is provided the whichever agency if it's the ftc or the doj has 30 days to make their uh their complaint and if not it can go through um so we basically we had seen that microsoft had complied and given their second round of information i'm pretty sure i still haven't seen this 100 confirmed but that it's essentially activision hasn't done it yet they have not they have not have not done it yet but it's like the 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 deal is oh ran, 
is ramping up. It's like getting closer and closer. And we, we see that with this most current thing, which was just <laughs> so funny. Absolutely I hilarious. This. Um, so Microsoft in the filing to New Zealand's Commerce Commission, you know, in an attempt to mitigate these antitrust concerns, um, they absolutely just ether Activision instead. <laughs> they state in the thing that the troubled publisher produces no, quote, must have games. <laughs> there is nothing unique about the video game developed and published by Activision Blizzard that is a must have for rival PC and console video game distributors that give rise to a foreclosure concern. So yeah, what is, is like, it? What what game is the number one uh, international sales game every year that it comes out? Is, is it Call of Duty? I mean, yes. Yeah, so Sony absolutely disagrees. Like, and they know from firsthand experience. Like, they they filed in a different thing. Like with Brazilian regulators, Call of Duty. They called Call of Duty an essential game, a AAA title that has no rival. Um, and that to the point where that it actually influences consoles people buy, and they know this firsthand and have like internal data to back this up. Like based off of they had like a 2015 agreement with Activision that saw Call of Duty content arrive on on PlayStation. Yeah, consoles t- first, timed which, exclusivity, which which like you know sold more PS4s at the time. Yeah, I was gonna know? say that that was one of the reasons I would believe that they have numbers on it is because they've actually benefited from the the timed yeah. exclusivity of a and it was just DLC, not even the game, right? Just the DLC launch. But it's just that they don't have must-have games. It's just so funny to me. This is turning into Mike is still barfield, and uh, here's a a story of how attorneys are the fucking worst. In Mm -hmm. that, I was having this conversation with someone while I was taking the bar. Our ethics portion of the bar is a fucking joke. Like people laugh at it. Like they don't even like study. And you know, I I heard many times like. you know, if you don't know the answer, just find like the second most ethical one. And that's usually the the correct answer. <laughs> and here, here's an example of it where you could straight up contradict yourself in two different filings. You know, granted that, you know, it's two international jurisdictions. It's not like within the federal circuit, but even within the federal circuit, you could contradict yourself between two different cases, two different filings like this. And it's just like absurd to see how like, you know, uh, and this is another, I could go on a fucking whole tangent about how like the 1970s ruined and the, the conservative legal movement ruined us in that, you know, they, they made it so that you can do that. That was like a big change of like zealously representing your clients. So like, you know, as long as you're not doing anything like fraudulent and, you know, the bar for fraudulence is, you know, very high, especially when attorneys like cops are regulating themselves, you know, it's just a fucking big boys club. Uh, you could fucking make a fool of yourself like this and just completely contradict yourself on its face that, you know, Activision has no must have games. And then in another filing, like, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's absolutely absurd to me. What, what, what are the three big titles that Activision owns? Call of Duty, Candy Crush, which is the real, like, money. Yeah, real we're money. Gonna, we're we're going to get to that, yeah, yeah, with some specifics later, yeah. And World of Warcraft. Yeah. yeah or Diablo. And, I mean, like, imagine, imagine if that's what they said to, like, the street when they announced the acquisition. They were like, we're buying We're, we're buying this company we think doesn't have <laughs> yeah. anything good. Yeah, because yeah. it doesn't yeah. have anything yes. good. Yes, like, the, imagine saying that to their shareholders. 
Right, exactly. Board. You know, like they, they that's an absurd statement. Stupid amounts of money on a company we think doesn't have anything worth buying. unheard unheard amounts of money in the industry. <laughs> the if largest the case, deal in the in the sector ever. <laughs> if that's the case, then they're not upholding their fiduciary duty of care right. to the corporation. Right. And then you know those board members or the you know the executives that uh, wanted this this merger should be fucking fired. You know, like it, there, there's just so many this. inherent contradictions. It just it's absurd. Yeah. Not even a contradiction. To me, that just proves that it's just them straight up lying to the New Zealand Commerce Commission. Like it's not like it's my point is it's like not even seen as lying. It's seen as zealous. I know. I understand that. But like you know, it's crazy to the to the, to the yeah. non lawyer. Like that's pretty definitive proof. <laughs> I mean, if the lying only induces like fines, that's just the cost of business at that right. point. I think exactly. Also funny exactly. Is, like, I know there's probably technical reasons behind it, but it's like you know the fact that like who who thinks that New Zealand is gonna is gonna throw roadblocks? Yeah, in, right. In, in this deal, they're just gonna do this for the the PR thing that they can put out there, where they can you know take this quote and they can you know spin it through a bunch of different uh, news sources. To try to just get it out there into people's minds that like, oh, this isn't a big deal. Like they're not actually like getting that much. Like it's yeah, also it's, about the. You're not wrong there. And and back to Ben's point about like how the deal is, you know, soon to go through. One, you know, one thing I want to point out is, especially, you know, with this, this article about the New Zealand commission, you know, you, the U.S. isn't the only one that can stop it. In practice, they are like, because I would doubt that, you know, another country um, is really going to, you know, push back on a, a U.S. corporation, especially when the U.S. said that it's good to go. Um, but in theory, like in theory, that could happen. The EU was able to do it with the iPhone. They were able to push some, uh, you need USB-C, like to be in line with everything else in the world. Yeah, but so that that's a different like form of regulation. Whereas like stopping the merger of two country or two companies. Two um, countries. I, yeah, uh, I I doubt that hey, another Czechos- country. Czechoslovakia is coming back with a vengeance. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> Not if we can stop it. Chat. <laughs> but like, so in theory, that could happen, and it's interesting that you know it was New Zealand. Uh, it would be it would be more interesting if it was Australia because they're being they're pretty progressive with their antitrust laws and have been looking into ways for uh, like independent contractors to like unionize and, and work collaboratively, which is something that in the U S we don't have. And actually throughout the Western world, that's just them doing a hand wave over here so they can continue to kill the great barrier reef without having oh, to pay yeah. attention to it. Yeah. And just like burn the whole fucking, you know, uh, continent there. Um, you're right. so Australia, at least, you know, it has some significant financial centers. Like, what, is, what does New Zealand have? It's just a country yeah. ruled by sheep. Yeah, but exactly. It's like, it's, there's literally more sheep. Hey, sir, I will have you know that when you travel to New Zealand, most of the tourist facts are about the Lord of the Rings filming. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some pretty crazy tours that go through that. But yeah, so I guess my point was, like, it probably is coming to a close. You're right, and we'll, we'll see it go through soon. But, you know... Maybe they'll announce a it going Hail Mary from the EU, but they'll they'll block something loudly. They'll be like, "Oh no, this one merger can't happen. That's too much. We're gonna put a foot down about this and write a whole big constitutional argument." But then they're gonna be like, "Don't worry, Activision, you went through and no one noticed." Oh, we, we talked about it again on that same episode um, a couple of weeks back before you you were back with us, Mike. But I'm, I'd be interested to get your insight on 
we were kind of speculating on what possible reasons there could be why Activision would uh, be putting their feet down, dragging their feet, that is, uh, to giving that second round of information, why they wouldn't want to kind of like, you know, speed it through as fast as possible as well. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's like one of two things or, you know, both working at the same time, just a disorganization within the organization we've seen that we've seen that to be born out absolutely exactly so like it may just be like it is taking them actually a long time to gather these documents especially if like certain employees are like the sole holder of those documents and especially if they're like physical um which in the activision's case i would be you know it would be odd for me if like they had you know corporate documents that were like only physical that like some you know one person had them but you know it it could just be a matter of like people you know it's pulling teeth to get certain things um especially if it's like calculations or uh like financial um projections things like that that someone has to like physically do and you know you activision being the company that is acquired like you know those employees the people there are more likely to be the ones dragging their feet. Um, so like that very well could be a reason. All could also could be like what Activision is going to be showing in those documents is not great. Um, for whatever that was my, reason. That was my thought. They was show that them basically the documents that and it's just a frowny face. Yeah. <laughs> my thought is that they're basically trying to like collect as much as possible to try to bury yeah. any potentially yeah. bad looking stuff. Or like, so that they it turns out that, so that they don't have enough runs time on, uh, to go, the to go through of it children. All. <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah, Ursula Le Guin so, short story where yeah, it's like the the world prospers but one child suffers. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think very well, it, you know, could be a little bit of both, um, but I, I do think the latter is is more likely that they're they're just gathering, they're trying to figure out how to spin it. Um, they they're just waiting the for Diablo Immortal to make so much money that uh, it's oh beyond God. Oh boy, yeah. it's it's already there. It's already yeah, there, it, right? Right into well, our it, next bit. Well, I was going to say, sorry, before I know we were trying to segue there, but even I I don't know the internals of like the people at Activision that may be like actually dragging their feet and not want it to go through. Um, and you know there may you know because they're the company being acquired that that may be the case and like if they give it more time and drag it out as much as possible and like you know things change in the market or you know a game does better you know for a more favorable time to release it yeah like anything like they could just be trying to play with time for whatever reason um or all of the reasons above but uh yeah you you mentioned Diablo Matt. Oh boy, it's uh, it's it's breaking records. It is now the second uh, second mobile game to uh, you know hit this significant financial milestone. You know, in the fastest amount of time, it's uh, it has brought in a hundred million dollars in <laughs> eight weeks. Only Pokemon Go has hit that that. Uh, I don't think anything will ever surpass that Pokemon Go no, number for a long time. And it did it in that one did it in two yeah. weeks. That, the two the weeks summer of Pokemon Go is a thing that you can just say to someone and they're like, I remember it like it was yeah. yesterday. Yeah. It almost it's Pokemon it, Go to the polls. Well, it almost yeah. it almost it How almost dare you? Uh, had world peace. we almost had world peace when Pokemon it, and Go it, came it out. was truly a mark of like 
the the before times ending and and the the bad times beginning like <laughs> july 2016 it's that's when it all started going downhill that's so, it was that's a better so, time back so then funny. The, the worst yeah, thing that could happen to you is you'd be walking down the streets of Montpelier playing Pokemon Go on your phone, and a person would pull up to the side of the road and go, is there anything cool around here? Should I get out? <laughs> You're like, there's a Lapras over on Church Street. Yeah, I made hella friends. Oh, I remember that, too. First time I've like, ever talked to people in New York City. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, uh, this, this story is really dystopian. So this person admittedly is a content creator this isn't just like you're a random you know kind of just you know everyday your average your regular uh, gambling addicted sicko it's yeah a this is a, this is a person who's gambling addicted sicko. yeah who's getting paid to do this essentially like this is you know this is spending money to make money type of thing but this person spent upwards of one hundred thousand dollars on on their their character for diablo immortal you know, getting themselves all kitted out for the end game content. Um, but like, you know, spent so much money and leveled up so high that they they had nobody else to play with them. They were they were completely over leveled. They had nobody they couldn't like they couldn't get the matchmaking. And so, again, uh, that, that's the ultimate. Again, I sent it in the chat. It's the ultimate suffering from success meme. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like again for diablo fans we, we got to talk about again this like it's they go into like the again the defense that the executives made of it. it's like oh this game is designed you don't for need to pl- pay 99 yeah 99 of players to not have to spend a dollar but it's like the people who actually play diablo pay for the or play for the end game and that's where all the money comes in um so of course that's that's disingenuous but uh yes yeah, so this person because of the media just more hand waving but because of the media attention the story got, Blizzard finally got back to the guy with the proposed fix. But all after this dude threatened to bring lawyers into the mix to get a refund. But I just again, that's just such a such a oh, fair guys. Story, I spent I so much money. Why can't I play with anyone? God, guarantee there's a mandatory arbitration agreement uh, in every purchase of those skins and shit. <laughs> so he was gonna have to pay a lot of arbitration fees. Yeah, good luck. Um, all right, so we 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 did just, it's for the content. We touched on this even earlier in the episode, though. So this is like again the success of Diablo uh, is uh, you know obviously boosting Activision Blizzard King the whole the whole company like their their mobile offerings are what is really driving their revenue. We had numbers come out, and like this is what we're getting into kind of our next main topic, but it starts with Activision still. Um, that uh because we've just had all our series of like uh you know quarter uh reports for Quarter, quarterly releases yeah we've gotten all it's all earning the, season folks yeah it's it's all the all the financial reports that we've been getting from all these companies that is like painting these kind of overall trends for the industry that i think is worth looking into but this this one came out from the uh, activision release that uh that their mobile offerings doubled the revenue generated from console and PC combined. Um, something like 51% of their total earnings for, for the second quarter of this year. Exploiting boomers and zoomers on their phones. Right. You see, the thing is, it's not zoomers as much anymore as it's, what's it, Gen Alpha? Next, we, we've, yeah. we've restarted again. Oh, okay. Uh, All right, Gen Alpha. Whatever. Because the zoomers are now, the. we're going to do the same thing that... Uh, Gen X and boomers did to millennials. We're going to constantly call 
12 year old zoomers but i'm pretty sure yeah. they've already hit the cutoff at like 16 or something like that hilarious let's i'm gonna look it up we can yeah it's it's not just diablo though it's it is uh, the obvious it's, one it's is candy candy crush. candy crush but also cod mobile crush. has also, anyone here uh cod crushed? mobile yeah no i've never no high school was the last time i played point. a mobile game I had a classmate in college who had Candy Crush during class the entire time. <laughs> Matt, Matt was right. Gen Z ends with people born in 2012. Gen Alpha is 2013 to 2025. Wow. So <laughs> those 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 kids on the iPads are now Gen Alpha, <laughs> and I feel like an old man. Yeah. We're just going to be better than the previous generation and not blame the older generation for eating Tide Pods. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so with Diablo's help, though, their mobile earnings for, you know, the, basically it's, it is basically the king and, you know, now the bit with Blizzard. Um, I mean, that's that, those, these games are from all three. Candy Crush is king, COD Mobile is Activision, and Diablo is Blizzard. Um, but their the mobile Trinity skyrocketed by an incredible 462% in year over year earnings is that is that good i don't know i'm not a numbers guy you tell me <laughs> i wish it was 469 so that, that can actually be looked at as bad because if you could build yourself off the model of you want an x percentage of increase every year having yeah. a huge jump like that right, one year right. can make it almost impossible to meet that meet. type of a goal and that's next what year. we already 100%. know that we always know this that's what that's what capitalism demands is constant growth and so that's like what we're going to get into into these Thanks. uh into these next bits is that like all these reports are basically showing that uh it's like you're, you're seeing all these articles like oh no it's like the video game industry in trouble like all these major companies are you know reporting quote-unquote losses you know it's like from mm -hmm. from last year, year over year because, yeah meanwhile yeah. they're still because these things are unsustainable it's yeah. like these the, but these numbers are unsustainable you know like well, yeah and that's like, where like you need to be educated on like how on statistical analysis and like the terms that they're using and you know the the fact that they're always reporting year over year and you know as ben pointed out that the you know, failure of capitalism, at least from our point of view, is that it's always looking for that constant growth. Well, that's uh, one, when I went to GE, yeah. one of the metrics that we had to meet uh, for each production. So was a 10, a 10 plus percent increase in hourly production year every, over year. every year. Geez. And it's and essentially how much, that, how much did that include adding new employees? Oh, no. Uh, no, not adding new employees. You see, the thing is no. that the reason the thing <laughs> you're, they you're, discovered was that you can get the same amount of work out of the same employee if you put them on an automated cell instead of having them do it manually. So now they're just loading uh, ingot into a conveyor belt and then uh, robot arms do all the rest of the work. That was their new solution. Uh, yeah. Automation. Woo. You don't, you don't know true fun until you've watched a like multiple million dollar robot arm crash into the side of a machine because it was improperly programmed. Oh no. <laughs> but say at that point, the machine is doing praxis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, uh, yeah. So like, I mean, we just, there's a bunch of numbers here about what, you know, the, the breakdown for the, the earnings from Macvision, but that, I don't really think that's that important, but the what, what I think it is interesting again is that you know despite the the mobile kind of shooting off and we've seen that you know played out this is not 
anything new. It's just that that mobile is the is yeah, the people that are is, back in the wild. People are going out of their house and their phone becomes their gaming console again. Yeah, that that's the that's the one that's the sector or the subsector, I guess, that is seeing uh that it, that is continually seeing growth. Like that's the one that has the most potential. Well, think of all work. the boomers that are back in the office for no reason because you know, we think that COVID is over and we think that every job needs to be micromanaged with a strong hand, just on their phones again, diddling away, playing fucking Candy Crush, spending money. Taking a shit um, on the employer's time, Candy Crush. Uh-huh. Activision yeah. making so, money. The one thing that I do think is interesting here is they, they were they were definitely less efficient with how with their earnings so just the fact that their revenues went down 28 percent year over year but net income was down 68 percent means that they're spending a lot more per dollar of revenue than they were last year so uh that's that's come that's due to uh our yeah, and the, uh, the, the pandemic boom of video games was always going to pop eventually for sure. still above the pre-pandemic that, levels. yeah that and that's really what's happened along with you know supply chain issues hampering yeah things like that and causing expenses to rise which we're about to see again thank you nancy pelosi <laughs> uh but like this one this one uh you know get, you know makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside that call of duty a series which i again will will always you know put, like you know take the firm stance that i do not like and is you know are not only not only like you know politically problematic but are also just bad video games um uh has lost 50 million players popularized a lazy trend in development yeah 100 percent. but they've they've lost 50 million players over the last year wow and just activision as a whole is seeing a a 12 percent reduction in their i I asked a cod sicko about this i know a couple of them and he said one of the big driving factors for the COD community right now is that Warzone, which is the one that everyone was playing, is a, a rampant cheating problem that has gone essentially yeah. unmitigated. Uh, because you know Activision wants to make a new Warzone, so why would they support the old one when they're going to be sure. releasing a new one? That's a great way to push people from one to the next. Um, but they they've let cheating run rampant, which has pushed a lot of people off of the series onto different shooters. Uh, like he's playing Apex right now, hmm. which is owned, which is owned, which is owned by our, our other our other favorite developer, our other EA. Axis of Evil, EA, like, EA. Oh, that's they're, EA. They're EA. Yeah, yeah, they're EA. Um, but yes, this was another interesting bit. They've been down so much in terms of revenue, income, monthly active users, but they've added twenty five percent to their development teams at Activision. I mean, it's like cool, I guess, but those people yeah. are probably not being paid well and are, uh, you know, being subjected to crunch and all to like put out these these uh, these games that then they get harassed for when they're released in poor in poor standing. This is unrelated to the financials and labor practices of of Call of Duty and Activision, but uh, this is more of a, a lore story about Mike, and and Andrew may remember this. Uh, Freshman year of high school, wrestling team always play COD on Xbox Live. Mike had a terrible kill to death ratio. <laughs> Don't remember what it was, but it was bad. It was really bad. And sub uh, one. Yeah, it was zero point zero five. <laughs> and uh, one of the seniors posted it on my 
locker in the the wrestling locker room, just like the the whatever percentage it was, which was like yeah zero zero one five eight, you know something stupid and ridiculous. And I was shamed for my kill to death ratio in COD. And uh, you know, say what, and it made you a stronger that? person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah bullying bullying works. Bullying. <laughs> and, and I eventually have like a you know a one. To one kill death ratio. Mike had a full on training montage. True success music. Story. Yeah. D- he did had not... an old man in a, a, a sweatsuit yelling at him while he was playing COD, sweaty on the couch. Did not do that for wrestling to become a uh, a good wrestler, but did it to <laughs> two video games to, in order to prove my manhood in uh, shooting and playing COD. Even though you've shot regular guns before and didn't need to prove the fact yeah. that you had it was virtually. Uh, I could yeah. kill someone with my bare hands. Papa Shambo trained. He trained me well. Um, but so these, we, we've, I've, I've said it basically already that these trends are not unique to Activision. We've got like report after report here. Um, you know, we've got more details here from Square Enix down in almost every category. Uh, I'm, I wonder what is. What do you think amusement net sales mean? What, what does, what does that mean? Amusement. What is that category? Up twenty six point seven percent. So, like, they could do things like shows. They've done like uh, orchestra performances and stuff for like uh, near automatas. Uh, so yeah, potentially things oh, along that line. I, I I was even thinking like any sort of um, what is it called? Like in the movie theaters where they have the the games, the, the special edition Arcades limited edition cup. No, you have no, to spend no, an like extra fifteen dollars on, but you can arcade, take it home. arcade, arcade, That's what I just said, arcade. Oh. Yeah. oh, did you say I couldn't hear yeah. you? Arcade, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. It is any sort of like arcade games that they own. That could be it. This one is is uh, is clear to me because, like, again, we we touched on the ridiculousness of the the NFT collectible thing, but their merchandising is you know continuing to see growth as well. I mean, because they put out like good physical things like they're those those uh final fantasy 7 you know statues were really good and really cool looking but then that they're coupled with an nft version is just like <laughs> no thank you for an extra 30 bucks you get an nft version of the physical of the physical nice. you know figurine that you that you paid for is i it do an enjoy NFT that at that point then like because then you, everyone owns the same nft uh right no that's like, the, like that, that's the nft in the terms of like just the the digital proof of ownership blockchain bullshit no yeah no exactly but it's like, but it's like getting it away its, from its like the purpose it's not really idea. like a resaleable it's just yeah it's just proof of ownership is it it's, but it's like you can enjoy it you have it physically but now you can also enjoy it on your phone and Prove to people yeah. that, and I, I, yeah. I made the statement that I could take a picture. Yeah, of take the a picture of the one on that you phone. own. Yeah, and probably do it in much better light, like lighting, and uh, you know, or like three like D scan it and have a three D model of it on my phone yeah. that I can manipulate. Uh, yeah, but so, but the the U S market as a whole is is seeing uh, significant dips, fallen by almost two billion dollars in the second quarter um however you know the the video game spending still is like 12 12 and almost 12 almost 12 and a half billion but down 13 percent sony has seen a 26 percent drop off in software sales microsoft an 11 percent decrease in hardware six percent drop in content and services seven percent decline in overall gaming revenue uh nintendo 
not necessarily seeing stuff about their software or whatever, but they've long been forecasting that they would see a drop in switch sales by several million units. Um, however, they just hit their significant milestone of over 100 million units sold, 111.08 million units. I have switch. a theory that they're not going to end the Nintendo Switch life cycle until it surpasses the PS2 in sales so they can say they have the number one best-selling console of all time. Well, didn't we talk about that's what that, that they could get around that by selling the uh, just a pro version? Yeah. Like that it could I still mean, be lumped even even if you account the... for the slowdown, they could still hit that number in 2 years. Um uh, but which, we... like keeping the console alive but yeah but this is something else just with nintendo that we saw that there will be no new nintendo hardware released this year uh this financial that would lead up to march next year would be the earliest that a hardware could be launched however however it's like almost a way that they've kind of almost uh in a in a roundabout way of confirming that they are starting to produce new hardware through it it's basically they said like Production limitations are keeping us from being able to release it uh, in, in stockpile enough for holiday sales. Mm. So it's basically saying that, like, uh, we are, it's underway. It's basically, it was like a way of saying, yeah, you're not going to get it this year, but it's it's underway. It's just that well, yeah, we, I mean, we, the, the Switch is, the Switch is fucking six years old at this point. Like, that's, and it's running almost a decade old hardware inside. But so if it's on its way, they think it's on its way and like they're waiting for a stockpile type release, uh, that's only going to be slowed down in the, you know, the next coming months because guaranteed uh, supply chain slowdown as a consequence of this Taiwan visit by by uh, good old mommy milkers, Nancy Pelosi. Guaranteed. They go straight to jail. Um, so, <laughs> I, I think all of these these numbers are going to continue to go down um, sales wise. You know, they're they're not even going to be able to get hardware out. I think we're going to see another slowdown of the supply chain that, like we saw, uh, what uh, about a year ago? Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty one was the real the real heat of it. Um, yeah. Uh, Andrew, you're the one who like sent this this article, and and you know I did my best to parse it myself, but again, my brain doesn't work this way. Um, <laughs> but you know, like because of all these, we still seeing you know all these downturns. The overall economy is like you know heading further and further, if not already deep into a recession. Um, it's still been open season with mergers and acquisitions. You know, the there's something here that yep. like investors put 4.8 billion into 217 deals in this quarter up 37%. Um while they I uh, said so I think I saw something that just the there're more deals but they're smaller for the they're most smaller. part. Smaller, yeah. Yeah. There's been more more volume but less dollar value. Um which, you know, makes some sense considering the current state of the financial markets and and kind of how the rest of the world is or well the financial world is reacting to the seemingly looming recession so uh this just means to me that companies were still interested in merging even though like but there's and that that's the reason why the the dollar value smaller is they're not going to invest big capital right now but they're still willing to make, make these deals happen if we do actually have a downturn, we'll see the volume de- decline as well because people will stop investing in general. It's not a recession. We keep changing the meaning of that. 
Yeah, the uh, yeah definitions are are not uh, <laughs> you know, Im- Im- are immutable. They're constantly evolving. It's a fluid situation. Uh, but man, uh, they you know despite yeah these slowdowns and you know, uh, you know, some of these you know more major corporations becoming a little bit more wary of these things. Investors are still so fucking horny for blockchain gaming. They are still so excited nearly half of these of these mergers and stuff and in, in the investments being reported are in the realm of crypto gaming they are there despite you know everybody else in the industry thinking it's bullshit seeing that the markets themselves are crashing they're like nope still seems like a good a good uh, a good bet to me yeah that one i struggle to understand <laughs> this has been my take on it i've been trying to figure out why the blockchain has survived for so long and the the reason i i think that it just won't die is it has way too much momentum and i, I think i've said this before but it, like there's been way too much institutional not not even like uh government institutional but just like um private sector institutional uh you know investment in the idea of the blockchain there's so many courses at law schools at business schools offered about the blockchain so many people are writing about it in those uh those fields like there's just too much behind it the investors have put you know too much money for the past what 10 years or so into the idea of the blockchain right they just don't want it to die well, it's just like they can't afford to it, like because yes, that's that's the point. Exactly. They 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 put too much in it. It's like they they see that the winds are shifting, but it's like fuck. We just have to stick our heads in the sand because we we put too much. It's the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, you know, it's just that like we we literally just uh we have to ignore reality and make our own reality. You know, yes. create our own future. Because they, they continue thing. to offer courses on it and new courses on it in in law schools and business schools. Did you guys see graduate like graduate programs? Jay Z is doing like a uh, a yes. school in the in the projects. Yeah, in the Marcy projects, like ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it it just it has in their yeah, like you said, they're just burying their heads in the sand. They're creating their own reality, and they you know in their minds have to because for the past decade like the hip thing in all of these like professional sicko industries has been the blockchain. Like you are like so many people got fucking tenured professor jobs writing about the blockchain. Like this cannot die. It cannot go away. They, they need, they need it. I do think I largely agree with you, but there is a slight, like a slight distinction between blockchain and crypto and crypto gaming which is like something that just uses blockchain technology but i do i do largely agree with you like crypto might eventually lose steam and i do think it will like using it that way it in it's going to be regulated to the point where it won't matter if it's eventually who knows when that'll happen but they will eventually regulate cryptocurrencies and when that happens they the real utility of them will disappear but that won't happen in the reality of your head in the sand. It's just uh, the worst part that's happened to blockchain is that it's actually got useful properties to it, but people are too focused yeah. on trying to make money off of it. No, you're to allow it to be used for the thing that it could actually have like function for. You're totally yeah. correct. 
And, and that's part of another reason why I think it sticks around is because at like the root of it, there is some like usefulness or like there could be a useful application. D- digital, digital, uh, like digital ownership voucher. It has like, a use does have some sort of use to it. It's just right oh, now they're too focused case. on selling you that voucher instead of just giving it to you when you have the, the, the purchase or acquisition already. It's always an addition on top because they're trying to make the money skimmed off the, the little middle there where they're getting the, the hosting of your, your voucher. Yeah. This one little detail I think is funny. Um, just that, again, within the, the realm of mergers and acquisitions and overall investment into the industry. <laughs> yes. The, the two the two biggest uh, players are the Anamika brands, which I'm I'm like 90% sure are the people behind Axie Infinity. Nice. Uh, Yep, and yep. and then uh, you know our, our our good old boys at the uh, the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia. Great, dudes rock. Dude. They're gonna either like own everything or just lose all of their money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen something I, I that Saudi Arabia is investing in a. I think it was like 170 kilometer long. That's like, Neom. Hor- that's that's yeah, the city yeah. of the future. The city. That's, that's the city. Neom. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hor- horizontal skyscraper as they were calling it or something uh-huh. like that which uh-huh. is just uh-huh fantastic but like i said i can't wait to work in the salt and mines and like the, the engineer <laughs> said it would take till like 2015 he was like okay you have till 2030 like, <laughs> I, I can't wait until desert. your your futuristic building is collapsing in on itself due to uh rush structure cannot wait fun, cannot fun wait fact about end. uh you know, a stereotype about Saudi men that I'm sure, and I'm in my head canon applies to the sickos and the public investment fund of uh, Saudi Arabia, all the men, you know, making these crazy investments. They like poop play. That's the, <laughs> the stereotype. I mean, there is, there's only one man making these decisions. Yeah, it's, it's, Let's be real. Yeah, it's true. It's our, yeah. It's, it's our, it's our boy, the crown prince. He's at it again. Um, He's, he's got try- cool initials. I don't know. He's trying to he's trying to take uh he's, he's trying to take over Nintendo. Yeah. Speaking of poop play, <laughs> Tencent and Ubisoft. Am I right, guys? <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Say so Tencent just like yeah, smearing it all over themselves. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're 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 doing their darndest to try to take over Ubisoft, man. They you know they they have a fi- they're already the second largest stakeholder in uh uh private stakeholder that is of yep. ubisoft because the guillemot family you know the founders of of uh ubisoft still hold the first the first largest with 15 percent uh 10 cent bought five percent in 2018 making them the second largest and then the other the other 80 percent is all publicly traded we know how many outstanding shares they have who that who U- ubisoft. ubisoft yeah it's not that many they're on the lower end of volume because uh, their their market cap was smaller than I thought it was. But what I think is like if 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 Ubisoft says no to this, that they're dumb. Like I, I, I don't know how you say hundred no. euros per share, hundred and twenty seven percent premium. That's insane. Crazy. The stock has been trading at forty four euros over the past three months. And and for a stock that has just trended down for the last, literally almost for the last two years now, just been going downhill from from where it was. Like it's crazy. I don't know how they could say no. Yeah, and Ubisoft has been doing the like save me from myself as they roll around in their own yeah. shit, barfing on themselves, and 
It looks I mean, oh, like, if, if you don't do it, we'll hurt ourselves. Releases another like broken Assassin's Creed uh, update. <laughs> there is a little bit of the French pride at play, though, in terms of like, you know, we don't care if that you're going to make us a shit ton of money. One, we already have a shit ton of money. Like we, they want to retain control. Yeah, but yeah, but if they don't take this deal and they get a oh, derivative insane. suit by their shareholders, like they're going to get fucked because the court is going to say, you know, the business judgment rule is not going to, uh, you know, let this slide. The court's going to say, no, you fucked up. You had a fiduciary obligation to your shareholders to make them a shit ton of money on, you know, a hundred and twenty seven percent premium and you didn't take it like you, uh, you did not up, uphold that standard, and now you're fucked. I, I they have also... 100, uh, 163 million shares outstanding. No, 123 million shares outstanding. What is that the percentage of their overall? No, that's the total. So oh, Tencent okay. owns 5% of that. Of that. The Guillermo's own 15%. Yeah. Um, but we are seeing that Tencent is also you know not only making this offer but they're trying to scoop up as much as the public stock as well yeah, yeah. of course Tencent that's what i was wondering a lot more than people realize oh yeah so, they own they own like little chunks of like fucking everything Tencent? they own chunks of shareholding companies that own big chunks like that's that's their other secret thing yep. yeah yep we own 10 percent of this company which owns 50 percent of this company we love yeah. it uh, so yeah, like that's that's a potential acquisition that's uh, that's coming down eventually. Like I mean, I guess you could you could technically call it an acquisition or at least a takeover in some way. Yeah, it's um, like a takeover. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, in the media, whenever any of these kind of things are being talked about, who's like you know, say this person has gotten this offer. Who's going to be next? Who's going to be next? The one that's always talked about though is EA because again, EA is another shit shit heel company that's like mismanaged puts out you know kind of uh bad games that are still very successful mm. uh if you're not thinking about how you monetize your game while you're developing it you're wrong you don't belong here you're <laughs> fucking stupid um but uh so yeah ea is just always part of the 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 conversation however the uh, the ceo andrew wilson has come out and and uh i'm doing scare quotes dismissed rumors of potential acquisitions in a very milquetoast statement said ea could not be in a stronger position as a standalone company and we feel very confident and excited uh but you know you notice how that does not close the door to potential future offers but they're uh you know because they're just chugging along with their predatory yet undeniably successful live service games you know fifa ultimate is making them uh billions of dollars so well, they also have the uh, the potential of two different Disney licenses coming their way in the rumors with Black Panther and a different movie, mm. uh, yeah, a lost. different comic character unannounced. Yeah, but they've lost their exclusive uh, license to to Star Wars. So that's that's not small or insignificant. Surprised that uh, Disney is licensing Marvel properties to them then. I mean, they're, they've they definitely earned back a lot of goodwill with uh, Fallen Order. Like, everything that they had essentially lost yeah. with, with Battlefront, they uh, they regained with, with Fallen Order. And speaking of Fallen Order, a, one of their most successful games to date, a single-player game, uh, they are 
further walking, EA is further doing their damnedest to walk back the PR shitstorm from their anti-single player games tweet, <laughs> uh, claiming that they are really, really important part of their overall portfolio. Um, I have like the, I have like kind of like part of the whole statement here that's like, I kind of want to read just because it's like, it's corporate speak gibberish. It's, uh, yeah. I just like want to put it out there just love like how absolutely and utterly meaningless this is. but it's also it's like this person is the CEO or whatever talking about. it's like I I could it's like again it's like how like utterly skillless these people are and like how how like anybody could do this job and so like that they are not worth the money that they that they get paid it's like this here means nothing this is all this is all random fucking words thrown together in a suit it's because they all jerky jerk each other off in the PR world. They're all like fucking like Harvard and NYU grads and shit like that. They're just but it's all like it's fucking... not even it's not even good business speak is the point that I want to. No, that I, I, wanna... I I know. And my my point is that like they've just created that like culture where like that it that has become the new like good business speak. You know, right, because so they that's what they teach. That's what everyone fucking says. We're running close to the end of the time, but I, I do want to read this. Um, uh, so let's let's just try to get through it. Um, the way we think about this is really less about which game and more about which motivations that these games fulfill. So we know that our players have these core motivations, inspiration, escape, social connection, competition, self-improvement, and creation. These things that bring us together as players of games in the creation of worlds, in the building of characters, in the telling of stories is really important in the fulfillment of, of some of these motivations. So when we think about our portfolio and we think about building it out, we really think about it on two key vectors. One, how can we tell incredible stories? And two, how can we build tremendous online communities? The and then how do we bring key. those two things together? So the way you should, so the way you should, when you look at our portfolio, what you should be looking for is how are we doing that? How are we building these worlds and telling their stories? How are we developing global online communities and how we bring these two things together for the fulfillment of motivations? And what we see when we get that is one, we grow our network and two, we grow the amount of time that players spend in our network and in and around our games. And as we think about single player games, we think it's a really, really important part of the overall portfolio that we deliver in the fulfillment of these core motivations. And the way we will plan for it all the time is really just looking at our community and looking at how they're spending their time and looking at where motivations may or not be fulfilled. And we'll look to supplement that with addition of new online games, new multiplayer games, and new single player games. I don't have this section here, but then they, they have an equally long and, and pointless part saying that. But uh, yeah, I'm going to contradict everything I just said. And it's it's still all about live service games because that's where all our money is coming from. I'm word pilled. Words mean nothing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it just like this. All I kept it's thinking is the Rick and Morty scene where Rick makes the true level for Morty. And then when he steps off, he's like, everything's a lie. Like words mean nothing. It's all fake, and he's just like freaking out. That's just uh -huh. how I felt reading all of these words. Yeah. yeah, I just think it's funny. I don't even think we need to comment on it. I think it speaks for itself, and that again, it says nothing. Um, but it's just, I just the it's trust me, they're really, really important. Single player games, like, like uh, you know, again, they've done the most to earn them any goodwill in terms of the of like you know the actual community. That they that they're trying to you know, create and foster and let's be honest milk as much money as they can from uh you know the action in terms of actual quality of games you know that's the only place that they're seeing uh you know positive response 
Um, because yeah, as much as like say like FIFA Ultimate makes them money, it's always like you know in in the news for for you know having exploits, having poor performance, um, yeah, being you know having exploitative monetization practices. Yet all these piggies, you know, keep on keep on eating at the EA trough. But yeah, uh, that's uh, yeah, EA is just like uh, every time you know someone else has got to step up and say no, we're the worst video game company. It's like they got to be like you know, don't forget about us, please. Yeah. Um, they crack their knuckles, you know. Ah, a worthy challenger. Yeah, <laughs> it's finally arrived. Yeah, so I'm gonna test my strength against. Um, all right, so Hi, yeah, I'm, I'm Goku. Hi, I'm Goku. I'm Son Goku. Uh, I'm Sunny A. Um, the uh, our final story for today, and we'll just kind of move right into it because we're we're getting to that time. Um, I'm sure you guys saw you that rhyme uh, time. Uh, oh, it's all for for folks at home who have been catching my streams. Uh, they know it's always Brian time. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Indonesia imp- uh, imposes a regressive ban on private electronic system providers, and for at least several days, there was bans on Steam, Epic Games, which obviously is why it's uh, you know relevant to us, but also services like PayPal and Yahoo after they failed to register with the government under the guidelines of a law called MR5. Uh, this law gives Indo- the Indonesian government the ability to obtain data about specific users, as well as coerce companies into removing content that, quote unquote, disturbs public order or is considered illegal. Nice. So there, there's no uh, like global standard for how data should be uh, like handled, like electronic data. You know, uh, EU has the GDRP, which like handles it kind of novelly and like how it how it handles jurisdiction uh, in both a person and like the the physical land. So it's funny because Facebook and other companies have um, been for years uh, pushed at by by different countries and Indonesia being one of them to give over data, especially on minority groups. Um, oh yeah large you know largely the gay community um and i so you know facebook at least to the public says that they you know they never gave the data sometimes they did sometimes they didn't um it's kind of how hard the government pushed but all of these companies have uh you know they they participate in like the the only true like international guidelines it's when they like create an organization like the free data initiative group uh of global power and you know like it's got 18 fucking more titles to it um and they come up with like some standards that they aren't going to give uh over data to the government so this is just one of those governments finally saying fuck you <laughs> if you don't uh register that you're gonna give over the data without us you know having to poke you really hard for it you're not going to fucking do business here. Yeah. And so the, for, in terms of actual, like, you know, significance, PayPal was the biggest deal because, you know, yeah. individuals and businesses weren't able to process payments. Um, but we, since like that first broke, um, and I'm pretty sure I didn't check this morning, but I'm pretty sure at the time of recording, 
Steam, PayPal, and Yahoo have all complied and registered. Yes. But yeah. uh, Epic and Origin are still banned. So, I mean, like... I was about to really say, I appreciate, I appreciate Tim Sweeney continuing his contrarian stance where anything that Steam does, he does the opposite of. <laughs> like, sure. for better or worse. And yeah, of course, this is shitty. And, it, like, it sucks that these companies have, you know, basically bowed down in our, in our uh, you know... Putting their putting you know their best practices over the you know the safety of their users is always shitty to see. But like you know, did we expect anything different? No, and and now they have a, a reason to say like, oh, you know, we wouldn't have, but now it's the law, and it's you know even if they say like it's a bad law and they you know outwardly push against it, you know, in the background they're still just going to comply with the law because they want to fucking do business there. All right, um, that's all I got for today. Uh, time for plugs. What a happy note. Yeah. Yeah. Way to end. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, again, it's if if people are getting pushed away from Epic and Origin, is it really that bad? Uh, nope. That's my stance. Um, is, the, but, uh, is the owner of Epic, is he a libertarian? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a libertarian shit. He's like a noted. I think that to me, that's why he's not doing this. He's like, no, fuck big government. <laughs> like, I'm not going to not going to comply with this. Um. All right, so time for plugs. Plug a plug a choo choo. It's the, it's the train. The plug train's coming down to, down the track. Um, come follow us on and watch a stream on Twitch at uh, campaign underscore comrades. Find us on all the socials. Check out our YouTube page. It reminds me actually, I need to upload our our stream from last night. Um, if we got uh, any uh, like trading card uh heads in the the uh our listeners here you could find me at cut the mic gaming on tcg player and buy my cards and give me monies <laughs> uh the deals arc took a bit of a took a bit of a of a you know uh went a little bit on the a back pause. burner yeah, yeah no the, the deal bar, arc is back it's, it's back continued. it's in full yeah. swing there's yeah, over deals. There's over 1,500 cards listed uh, for your viewing and purchasing pleasure. So get on over and uh, get the lowest prices on TCG. I appreciated the arm scratch there uh, as a psychological tick of knowing that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang. Uh, until next time, we will see you later. Bye. Bye-bye.